first of all, you don't talk about taking a shit. Like that's inappropriate. It's rude. Yeah. And it's, you know, you shouldn't do it. You know what yeah, I mean? Things kind of you're thing. not supposed but to say. he took it and he made it something that you could just own. And what ended up happening was, at least in, 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 you know, my, my era of, of youth, it was like, uh, the, that type of potty humor became something where you didn't have to be embarrassed about. You could literally be in a group and you could be like, I'm going to bust a loaf and everyone would fucking chuckle and you could leave. And it wasn't like it was, you might even just be taking a piss. You might not even be doing that, but you'd mm -hmm. almost want to make it sound worse than it was. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Podcast time, Evan and me. And we said, let's take a run at comedy. Let's talk <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, life gets serious. And comedy is such an important thing to have in your arsenal to battle life and to deal with it and to manage it and, you know, just have a good time. So we wanted to take that on. And I think also one of the things that spurred this conversation on was talking about comedy movies. So I think we'll get into that a little bit. And, um, you know, why, why were movies so funny? Like, why were there so many bangers, just really hilarious laugh out loud movies in the nineties and the early two thousands. And then they tapered off a little bit after 2010, but there was still, you know, there's still some very notable ones. And these last several years, they've really, it's the comedies have really struggled to really make an impact and be noteworthy. Uh, not to say that there aren't a few, you know, still very talented and funny actors and, and, and writers and people who are very talented out there, but, uh, this could be a little bit cultural. It could be a little bit just, uh, of the times and it could be a little bit of, um, just where's the money coming from and where's it going and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, for, for artists, it's important to learn how to be funny. If there's one thing I told my, I would tell myself, my younger self is I would, remind my younger self as a, as an artist to look for what is funny. And I would also say, look for the love and look for what's funny. And I would say that is your mm -hmm. main goal in most of your art. If you can find the love and you can find what's funny, those are your golden ticket to success and breakthroughs in just about anything you want to do. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a few other nuances to that and elements, but those, those, in my opinion, after all my life experience are the two most important things and side note, before I pass it on to you, Evan, I'll say in life, that is the most important thing too: love and what is funny because yeah. life gets serious. And, you know, I think it's really important to be able to laugh at things. And, uh, I think love is ultimately the answer as, as maybe silly as that sounds. Sometimes it really is. Everything comes down to love and, you know, uh, mm. I have a few ways I can prove that point. But I'll get to that later. What What are your thoughts, Evan? You got any? You got anything yeah, you want to add? Those are some pretty spectacular opening comments, man. We're getting like diving into some very deep feels there with with comedy right out of the gate. And uh, as you were as you were saying, it's like laughter is the best medicine, as the saying saying goes. And it is the, you know like there's just something you know about having 
just like a really great, like just deep, uncontrollable belly laugh where, you know, like I feel like I had one of those a little while back. I was, uh, I was visiting with a friend. This was, man, when was this now? But like, it was just, we got together and we had some time and we just like had some, like had a couple of just like really, really amazing laughs. And I was just like, whoa, I can't even remember the last time I laughed like this, like just, just, and, and it was, it was like almost cathartic. It was like almost like emotional in in a way, like you, where you come through it and, and it's like there's a weight that's just lifted off of you and yeah comedy is is all about poking poking light uh or shining some some light in in areas where you know maybe you feel like there's no business of there being light down there but that's what it what it does and you know i think that a part of this conversation coming into it that we were talking about was you know yeah like what's what's wrong with comedies right now because the thing is like i don't think there's it, comedy in general i think is actually in a renaissance and by that i mean stand up stand up comedy is having a renaissance moment right now like stand up is so big right now and i think that the reason one of one of the reasons for it is because stand ups are w- one of the only places where where you can really say something where you can really actually take risks and do the thing that comedy requires, do what comedy requires. Mm-hmm. That's the only space that I think that it's, it's left. Like there's that. And that's why there's like, a, I think a lot of these comedians who are just blowing up big because they truly understand the service that they're doing, the function that they're doing in, in society. And in a, place where movies can't really do that movies right now are too bogged down by you know big productions and and ideas of what it's supposed to be from all of these people and uh too much political correctness like all of these things are just watering it all down right like even if it's a great concept you know it's like oh yeah we've got this great concept right but then you just keep okay but we got to make sure oh we got to dumb this down we got to we got to you know and next thing you know this whole thing is just it's it's just this watered down broth you know and and the best thing that comes out of it is is, is sort of like maybe a bemusement and hopefully you got like a chuckle or two but the the legitimate like rolling and rocking in your seat comedies are so hard to find and look comedy's always been a hard thing to do mm-hmm. in in movies you know even when in the heyday that you were talking about of like the 90s and early 2000s where there were some really incredible comedies coming out you know yes there were but it's not like all of them were no you know like but there was just there was there was more of them coming out and so there was more opportunity for i think more voices to kind of be heard like trying different things out you know in terms of style yeah right like where you could like you could have something like uh like an american pie and then have something like an anchorman right two like similar era 
comedies that are so different from each other, mm-hmm. wildly stylistically different in terms of, of what they were doing, but both extremely successful. And I think that, you know, the fewer comedies that are being made, right. There's just, there's fewer of those, of those risks that you're able to take, right. There's too much, I think almost overproducing the comedy, right. Really trying to sell it. So and I feel like I'm, I'm just yeah, heading down no, into, I think I'm heading into a rant here, so I'll just cut myself well, off. Good catch, man. Good catch on yourself. Well, you know, I say this, you know, if you got to try to sell me on why it's funny, then it's not funny. Yeah. It's like anything, One you know, of, of comedy. Yeah. Like, like, you know, this, the other thing too is with comedy, it's got to have a little bit of risk in it. It has to have a little bit. It needs to push the edge of something just a little bit because, you know, I'll tell you what isn't funny. Things that are safe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Things that are in the, things that are in the, the, the everyone knows zone. Like I've heard that comedy uh, is actually a form of learning and that's why it's so rewarding and powerful because someone does something and it gives you something new. And you are surprised. And and it's like when you learn something really cool and really interesting, you're like, oh, wow, shit, I didn't know it worked like that. Or I didn't know that's yeah. how it was. And comedies like that. When people do something funny, you see a possibility on something that you never saw before and you actually learned. And yeah. the emotional, the elation of humor, that response of ha, 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 whatever's going, coming out of you, you know, it's because you're having a cathartic release in your new awareness of what you 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 now see that you didn't see before. And that's why it's so funny. One yeah. of my favorite comedians stand-up wise is, is Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. Because Dave Chappelle will take you on a story. And he'll he'll just you'll just be following along the story. And by the way, I love story. And he does a great job of kind of bringing you into that world and hypnotizing you into that little story that he's telling. And he, you know, by the way, all story when told properly is hypnotization. So Mm. if you can tell a good story, you're hypnotist to some degree, Um, because what happens is we actually get captured in the story and we go along with it. And once you get someone captured, they're going to be open to um, what that story provides. Right. So it's he's great at getting you involved in it. And then what he'll do is he'll throw something at you and you thought it was going to go one way and it goes another. Now, all comedians do this very well, like good comedians do as well, but he does it Mm. particularly well. And you will see it. If you, if you watch his comedy, you'll see how he brings you along and then he throws you something that you didn't quite see coming, you know? And like, um, I, for example, I'm just trying to think of a moment. He talks about some of his friends and how they grew up in the projects and he's like, Oh man. And, and they'll talk to me and they'll be like, Oh yeah. And the projects, it was so hard. And he'll be like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I don't know if it was hard. He's like, I grew up in the suburbs, but he's like kind of talking yeah. like you're there. And then all of a sudden he like flips it into like, but he, it's, it's vulnerable and it's revealing and it's, you know, and you might, maybe you're just learning about him in a way, but yeah, it, it, we can all relate to that because we've been around people where we kind of want to be included. We want to kind of feel like we're one of them. And then they're maybe talking about or doing something that we don't quite get. And he takes it into like, uh, yeah, like I do that too. Like I'm a famous yeah. kind of guy, but like, I like we're all like that. And, and it, and it takes your guard down a little bit and comedy does that. It, it actually is like the great equalizer in a lot of ways because it makes us all feel human. And it's like, yeah, like, 
look, man, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be in the hood, you know, but I have friends that are, that have been in the projects or whatever, you mm -hmm. know, and, 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 and we can still relate even though yeah. I don't know what it's like for them. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what comedy does in a way. It brings us into each other's world, but in such a nice way, such a gentle kind of like, not always gentle, but in such a fun kind of, you know, and that's one of the things I love about good comedy. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, something like that, just listening to you talk, it's, I know that this is, as I understand, this is true of, acting and in in performance is that um it's funny like uh, i was reading a a scholarly book on acting that uh, our old teacher ted whittle recommended to me and so just reading like these are all like professors of you know performance and acting and stuff like that writing these very you know intellectual and and researched papers on acting and one of the things that just one of the big things that st struck me from reading through this book of all these different, you know, papers was that for all of, all of this intellectual pondering that has been going on for hundreds of years on acting and performance, they, it's still, it's, it's still considered phenomenological, uh, mm. which is basically just a very fancy way of saying like, we don't exactly get what's going on here. Um, <laughs> Well, like, but there's, there's a lot of things that you can say about it and you can say, yes, that's true for sure. You know, um, but it's, it never quite, there's not necessarily, nobody's said enough words or all of the right words to really actually capture what the whole thing's about. Mm -hmm. Art's that way, um, where it's like, they just always kind of fall short, you know, like they're, it's not that they're wrong, but they're just, they, they can never really, it can never be complete in a type of way. And I think comedy is like that. We can describe what it's doing and why it's doing. And it's all fascinating. Everything that you were saying was really fascinating. And it's like, and yet there's this whole almost missing piece of it, mm -hmm. you know, and that that's just like, yeah, it's, it's this thing of people getting together to watch somebody say weird, bizarre things. And it does this thing to us. Like you're saying like, it's, it, there's a learning which is a really interesting thing that's going on but you know for me also one of the things that's interesting about especially like with stand-up is you're listening to this person like a, a good stand-up you're listening to this person telling a story or or taking on some sort of a topic or whatever it is and it's like they give you something unexpected you know they give you that surprise as you were saying like the, and you get it and but it's like you had that perspective too. You know, when a, when a joke hits you, it's like, mm -hmm. cause you, you, you have that thing of like, totally right. Like you just, yeah, yeah. but it's like a perspective that you never knew you had that the comedian tapped into mm, for that's a you. Really right. Good point. And yeah. they, and they, and they shared it with you and they've, and they've, and they've said it aloud for you in a way, just as in, in a way like, um, you know, for, for actors, you know, one of the things that, is said about acting and one of the the things that acting does is that it people are able to experience emotion through somebody else right like you're able to maybe allow yourself to feel a little bit of an emotion that you don't normally allow yourself to feel mm. right and the actor can help you feel that they can go to that place and help you feel that for you 
right? Um, and in the same way, I think that comedy is kind of like that, but it's like it gives you a different kind of catharsis. It almost gives you a bit of an intellectual catharsis where it's like totally like you have that that thing mm. where something just clicks and you go, yes, like you just you just said something. You just said something that that's so true for me. You just mm-hmm. said something that even though I could have never thought this thought in the way that you just expressed it, I completely understand it. Like I completely understand it as if it was my own, mm-hmm. which is a, it, which is an interesting thing about comedy for me as well. And before I'll, I'll before I hand it back off to you, um, you know, it's funny you, you brought up Dave Chappelle, who's one of my absolute favorites, one of the greatest of all time. And, and just I'm just going to throw on another controversial comedian into this who I think is fantastic, but Louis C.K. And I was listening to I, I listened to a bunch of podcasts that he appeared on. I don't know, a few months back, I guess. And if you listen, I highly recommend it. It was. I mean, he's he does a lot of really terrific interviews, but the one I'm thinking of in particular was on your mom's house with uh, Tom Segura and Christina P. And at some point he, he really broke down. Essentially he said like what, like, like the basic sort of nuts and bolts of, of what comedy is. And he said, comedy is all about saying the things you're not supposed to say. And he says, and there's a few different things that you're not supposed to say. Like there's things that you just, you don't say them because they're just silly. You know, like there's things it's like, it's like, that's silly. Why would you like in normal life? You just wouldn't say it because it's just silly. There are things that you wouldn't say because it's like a self dep- uh, a self deprecating joke. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you, like, you don't just say bad shit about yourself. Right. And it's like, it, but that's a thing you're not supposed to say. And then there's, um, the cultural things that you're not supposed to, the stuff that no one's supposed to say, but then you say, and, and I think there was another one in there and I can't remember what it is, but I thought it was really I, I thought it was really, it was a way of thinking about comedy or an understanding about comedy that I had never thought of before. And, but I think it's so absolutely true what he's saying. Like comedy really is about saying the things that you're really not supposed to say in, in all the different kinds of, of forms. And, but in that space, right in the space of, of, you know, a stand-up comedy room or even in a theater, right? In a movie theater, if you're doing comedy, that there's there's that agreement that everyone shows up with, that at least you're supposed to show up with when you go to see comedy, that like, hey, in this space for the next however long, we, we're agreeing to participate in saying the things that you're not supposed to say out mm-hmm. there in the world. And... I'll, I'll leave it on this. There's like where I think that that is essentially the problem with comedy movies right now is that it's not, it's not, it's not being bold enough in saying the things that it's not supposed to say. It's too concerned with the things it's not supposed to say. And Mm -hmm. so it's not funny anymore. And you, and that's why it's like, you know, some comedies don't age well at all. Like, I totally get that. There are things that it's just like, ooh, like that is cringy bad. Um, 
I still don't think that that means that you're supposed to like go back and correct these things. And, you know, in terms of like actually editing old movies and cutting stuff out, I think that's like, you know what, let it just be a marker of how far we've come and, and see it for what it is. But I mean, there's comedies like those old comedies where, you know, they still do hold up in the sense that you're like, oh, wow, you're really not supposed to do that. You're really not supposed to say that, but you're doing it. And at the time, you weren't supposed to do it either. You know, it's not just that now that's not appropriate. It's like it wasn't in, it wasn't appropriate then. Right. But it's it's that's in a way that's the point. The point is that it's not appropriate. Otherwise, it's not funny. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, well, there's so many things to comment on here, but let me just start with one. I don't think we should be going back and changing and rewriting history in any form, have it be comedy or art or anything. Like, I don't think we should be going back and doing that because here's the thing. People don't remember the, they don't, they don't know that it was changed. Given enough time, it's just like, oh, that's how it always was. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> if you don't like the past, then you know, all the better, all the better to change it and all the better to, to look at where you've come from. But if you rewrite history and you, and you change things, you have no history and you, you know, you don't want to give anyone that power because good intention even can sometimes be the worst thing that can ever happen in, in the world. A lot of people do really bad things with good intention. Mm -hmm. And it's important to remember that sometimes your good intention no matter how good intended you are and how much you think you're right and how much you think you're doing something good that you don't know what the repercussions of your good intentions are. And so to be, to be very careful about that. And the other thing too is, is not everybody is actually moral and ethical. And the sooner you learn that lesson in life, the better off you are. I, I swear, the sooner you realize that there are so many people, and I'm not talking about unethical, immoral people. I'm talking about amoral people, people who have no ethics. They're not bad. They're not good. They just don't, they, they don't even believe in good and bad or anything anymore. They just, they, their whole life is guided by comfort and self-serving desires. And actually you find out pretty quick, you go through life, you find out pretty quick that that's actually most people. And that's why most people struggle. Because when you have no morals and, you know, it's, it's actually, it's better to be, in my opinion, an observation, it's better to be either moral and ethical or immoral and unethical than it is to be amoral and, and, and have like, you know, basically no ethics because in that middle ground, <clears throat> you are, you are the most malleable, manipulative, manipulated person in the entire world because you stand for nothing. You, you don't. You don't recognize that your behaviors have a lasting and 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 long-term impact. And why am I talking about this on a comedy bit? Because comedy, comedy, when when it's done, intention is so important. If you're making fun of somebody and you're trying to bully them and hurt them, that intention will often come through. Not always, but if you if you look into it, you'll start to see, oh, this person is letting out some type of angst on people. Like, um, you know, they have some kind of hatred towards this, you know, like, like when you see a male comedian that's too hard on women or a female comedian too hard on men or, 
an ethnic person too hard on a certain race, you know what I mean? Like, or a certain race too hard on a certain race. It, de- it just seems wrong. It seems off. It doesn't seem right because you're like, no, you're exercising some kind of weird shit that you have inside of yourself. That is like, and, and people don't laugh. Like they, like some people do, they miss it, but a lot of people you see it, like it drops out. And I've seen this happen with comedians where they're letting out something personal that is inappropriate and people get the intent is not quite pure. But when people have a pure intent, you, you know, the best comedians, they just, they do it for the raw part of it being funny. Like whether it's appropriate, inappropriate, whatever, they just know that that's the hot spot. They know that's the place to hit. That's where, that's where it's going to hit home. That's where it's going to hit on the areas. And, and I always see this with like the best comedians, they show up for their standups and they'll, they'll touch on something that we're all thinking about right now in the world, you know? And it's like, Oh, none of us can really talk about it, but they'll hit on it and, and they'll hit on it. And we might not agree with their opinion. Like for example, um, Oh, Jeffries, uh, something, what's his name? Uh, remember Jim Jeffries, Jim Jeff, Jim Jeffries. Okay. I, I love Jim Jeffries. I think he's hilarious. Jim Jeffries has this whole bit on gun control and all this stuff. And it's a great fucking bit. It's so good. I don't agree with it, but it's fucking awesome. You know, and, and the things and the way he acts it out and the way he makes it look so ridiculous to like, being a gun owner and firearms, you know, whatever he makes it look so stupid. Right. And, and there's this part of me, there's a small part of me that totally agrees with him and totally gets what he's saying. There's other part of me like, yeah, yeah, but you, you don't get it really. Like, you know, I get what's funny about that, but it's a great fucking topic for us to talk about. And if we can laugh at it both ways, that's healthy. Mm -hmm. When he did that bit, I mean, he might personally think that that gun owners and firearm and there's lots of people out there who think this way and there's lots of people who think the opposite but we look at each other and we see what other people are passionate about and care about and we go oh man they're so silly why do they see it that way and if we can all laugh at it 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 helps us equalize a little bit you know what mm-hmm. i mean and and look like covid for example all that bullshit like there's so much to laugh about and talk about. There was, oh, you know, like these stupid things that people would say during that time. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's some people, they, they they get so uptight about it. And someone's just like, you know what? This is dumb. Like, this is dumb what we're talking about here. And now you can agree with them or not agree with them. But when they point out something that's pretty dumb, you can kind of look at it and go, you know what? There's a small part of me that agrees with you there, you know, like. And that's the fucking crack that you need to get out of your own ass so you can like <laughs> fucking be in this world and not be so uptight. Um, and I look at today and, you know, like we want all this in- inclusivity and connectedness and all of those are great values. I mean, those are wonderful things. We should really try to have understanding and compassion for each other and, you know, really try to get it from each other's perspective and, you know, and be careful not to be cruel or mean to anybody. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like, if you're an idiot, like, we should laugh at you, you be, for your own fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For your own good. Like, no one should enable you to be an idiot. If you're an idiot, we should all laugh at that and go, look how dumb this is. And then you go, yeah, that was pretty dumb. I see what you mean. Let me stop being an idiot. And this is yeah. like, that's why it's the great equalizer. Look, I had bullies when I was a kid and it was fucking hard. And I'm not saying they did things right. 
because they didn't. And some of it was pretty cruel and mean. And I went through some hard shit, but I'm still grateful. I had a little bit of bullying because it kept me honest because yeah, you know what? Sometimes I was being too much of a wimp and sometimes I was, and sometimes they were right. That's the thing. You need a little adversity in life. You need a little bit of counter. You can't just have everyone enabling you all the time. And so to lead this back to to comedy, I think part of the issue right now is we're enabling people who are not funny or things that are not funny as like a kind of like, well, at least it doesn't offend anybody. At least it doesn't cross. Like who fucking cares, man? Cross the boundaries. Let's just like, let's just laugh and fucking get over the shit, man. Like life carries on. Like the things that were my problems when I was a teenager, they are fucking speed bumps to me now. They were mountains at the time, but they're speed bumps today. And when you grow as a human being, all things that you face, no matter where you are in your life, if you're growing, you will find that they are just speed bumps. Mm -hmm. And the comedy that offends you today, I mean, should be a speed bump tomorrow where you're like, man, I can't believe I was so fucking worked up about that shit before. Because yeah. like, if you're still worked up about it, it means you're not growing. It means you're stagnant. And and like I kind of brought in an earlier point, this last thing I'll say, comedy is learning. And sometimes it's learning to get out of your own asshole. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're so far fucking up there that you, that you can't see anything but shit because that's where you are. And so comedy sometimes pulls your own head out of your ass and you can look at things and be like, you know what? That is kind of funny. And you know what? I take this way too fucking serious because that's the big thing I'm getting to, Evan. Mm. We take things way too fucking serious. Yeah. Way too serious. And I think that's why we even started this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're like, man, we're getting too serious. Let's go the opposite direction. Let's yeah. do something, talk about something lighter, <laughs> even though we're getting into the, into the bowels of it, but you know, it's, it's, well, um, you know what? I mean, I think it's good to, you know, I think it's, it's about humility, right? Like, sorry to cut you off, but let me just say this. If you, if you're getting offended, grow up, <laughs> fucking grow up, man. Like there's such bigger things than how, like, like, who cares, man? Like if you, if you're still caught up on what someone says as a problem, you're a fucking child. Like you are. And it's better that you wake up to that sooner and become a fucking adult and get over it. Cause like people are going to say all sorts of shit that's uncomfortable and mean and you know, whatever. I mean, you don't live in a, you don't live in a perfect mm-hmm. world, but like, you're going to let that, sh- you know, you're going to let that shit get you down. You just got to like, you know, what? learn to fucking adapt. And that's the thing too, is I know I'm going off here, but that's where all your wit is going to come from. You know, your ability to, to take something that's uncomfortable and turn it into something, something fun and playful. If you let everything penetrate you, if you let everything just hit you in that sensitive spot, you're just a weak person. And, and I don't mean this to be mean to anybody. I mean this because it's the best thing you can possibly hear because it will heal you. Because if you're if you're crying about something someone said to you, then you you haven't built a certain sense of personal fortitude or the ability to take information and transmute it and transform it. And you're letting it hit you. And, and here's the thing. 
I know I keep talking, Evan. I just have one other thing to say. If you're weak, it doesn't mean you're weak as a person that you can't be strong. It means that you're weak right now because you believe the thing that hurts you. If you don't believe it, it doesn't hurt. If you don't see the truth in it, it doesn't hurt. If if it does hurt, my solution to that is go, why does this hurt? Because if they're saying that, something about me actually believes that's true. Do I want to believe that about myself? Do I want to think that about myself? Do I want to think about that, about whatever? And you transmute that into strength and you go, you know what? That made me not feel good enough. I'm going to not blame them. I'm going to look at myself and realize, hey, you know what? I have an underlying belief that I don't feel good enough. So let me fix that so that if someone ever says something like that again, I don't feel not good enough because that's not their problem. I don't feel good enough. That's my belief that I don't feel good enough, right? And if you're looking to the outside world to give you validation on whether you're good enough or not, you're in for a world of hell. Because mm-hmm. you got to decide that you're good enough. You got to decide that you're valuable. You got to decide that you're lovable, right? And so comedy, it it's 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 a it's a real wonderful sword. It hits you, you know. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it it's really uh it's a sensitive thing, right? But well, yeah, I know that one of the like one of the it's not really like a a rule, but one of it's like one of these wisdoms of comedy or f- for comedians is if is if nobody's offended you're in trouble Mm. hey everybody this is evan and this episode is brought to you by my book yes i recently released a book called the actor's awakening connecting spirituality to craft expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. If, if, yeah, if nobody is taking offense to anything that you're saying, then you're not doing your job. Yeah. It means you're not pushing hard enough, right, in into it. So, I mean, I think that there's a part, and hey, don't get me, don't get me wrong, like, I, I've, I watch stand-ups like I, I watch a good, um, not, not so much in person, but like, I definitely do watch a lot of stand-up on TV and, and there's, there's stand-ups who, who make jokes that I'm just like, that's just whatever for me. Like, it doesn't really, it doesn't really hit me. And, and I, can recognize to a certain extent that it's like, well, I just don't actually like you, you, the, the, the jokes that you're making don't actually hit the same sort of perception for me. You know, they don't give me that thing of like, oh yeah, I've thought, you know, you're, you're saying something that I've think that I'm, that I think, right. You've articulated something that I've been thinking. It's like, it, it, that's usually, it's a case of that. Um, and and but the thing is like the to fly off the handle and and just be like oh you saying this thing you're a you're you know you're you're an asshole you're a fucking you know like da 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 like that kind of stuff is like it's so stupid to me because like for me i just go you're just not you're just not my kind of comedian 
Yeah. Like you're just like, it's like, that's it. Like, it's as simple as that. It's like, yeah, I know that you're not really my taste, whatever. That's fine. You know, like, but it's, it's not like some sort of personal grievance or personal attack on me. You know, even if, if my category of person is the butt of, is the butt of the joke, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I love a good joke about my category. It's just like, it, I guess I just hear so few of them, but you know, like they're, Anyhow, I'm 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 rambling and getting going off on on something now, but um, there was something else in what you were you were talking about that um, yeah, people got to be offended. I mean that's part of it. Oh yeah, I was thinking of uh, there was there's this professor. Uh, I think I can't remember where he's at. You know, one of those big university, one of those big universities, and uh, his name is Jonathan Jonathan Hyde, Jonathan Haidt. Hyde, H-A-I-D-T, I believe. Um, anyhow, he's um. He's talked a lot about just in terms of how sort of what's been going on and what he's seen in in college and university campuses and and he's been studying it, like actually like studying it and getting into it. And one of his recommendations for like new college and university students is to go and watch stand up. Hmm. Like go like go out to like the clubs around the campus and stuff and watch as much stand up as you can like soon now. Like start getting he's like because you're going to see so many different comedians from different backgrounds, from different, you know, like uh, from different cultures, different, you know, like and you're going to just watch everybody making jokes, laughing at themselves, laughing at each other, right? Like, and it's like, and it's, it's goes a long way in terms of like, you're saying not taking yourself too seriously, not taking all of this too seriously. And that was another thing that, that came to mind when you, when you were talking about that coming from a comedy <laughs> van Wilder, don't take yourself too seriously. You'll never get out alive. Um, and and also our good friend Alan Watts, you know, like he's brought up he he brought up uh, a question, which is was he was proposing it as maybe one of one of the ultimate philosophical questions, which is essentially about life, and that question is. Is it serious? Right. Is any of this serious? I think that that in many ways to me is like, that is what the absolute light of comedy is, is Mm. because it's like, it's this reminder, you know, it's, it's reminding us as people, it's like, Hey guys, it's not serious. Right. In the cosmic scale of things, it's not serious, which is not to say it's meaningless. Right. That's not the same thing. To say it's meaningless and, and to say it's not serious are not the same, mm-hmm. right? But to just say it's like, it's not serious. And as Alan Watts would say, he's like, but be sincere, mm-hmm. right? Like be sincere about your life. Be sincere about the things that you do and and the things that you go after and and even the causes that you fight for and the things that, that have meaning to you. Like be sincere in all of those things, but don't be serious because... I mean, not only does it make your own life a drag, 
but it just makes everyone's everyone else's life a drag kind of around you <laughs> it does you know? it because... makes yeah yeah if you're too serious you really do become a drag and it'll hurt you in just about every way imaginable you know being being so serious all the time is it's it's a character flaw mm-hmm. you know i would call that a character flaw it, it, it's um it's depressing you're downer, you know, like when you're serious all the time and like, there's a time to be serious, but you know, not every moment in life needs to be serious. You know, like some moments they need, they require uh, an intense amount of focus and clarity and precision. And um, the stakes are very high and it's very important that you know, do your part and, you know, people could get hurt and there's all sorts of stuff like that. But, you know, everybody, everybody has some time off of that, you know? And if you're serious in that time off, I mean, that's, that's a character flaw. That's, that's a problem. And like, if you, you know, if you wonder why your dating life sucks, look how serious you are. Cause you're no fun to be around. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. like, holy shit, like, relax. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, lighten the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, uh, you know, it's it's funny because, like, man, when I was younger, I used to be a little bit more serious. I remember when I was in my teenage years, I was, I was more serious. And, you know, if I would have just lightened up, I probably would have experienced, like, maybe a fraction of the bullying that I experienced. And you know what, like, I didn't know any better. And, uh, you know, and, uh, the thing is, is here's the thing about bullying. You're always being bullied. It's just a matter of, are you registering yourself being bullied or not? And for people who, who are like, well, I've never been bullied. Yeah. Because you, when you get bullied, like when someone gets bullied, here's the thing, this is my opinion observation, and I might not be fully complete on this thought, but let me present an idea. The kids who get bullied are usually the ones that actually take that shit seriously. Because I always notice the kids that could laugh it off and the adults that can laugh it off, they don't get bullied. They like, it's like water off a duck's back. It's just like, Mm. boom, they just deflect it. It's like they navigate it. They flow with it. They're like, they're like someone gives them some jab and they kind of, they kind of dodge it and jab back. You know, it's like, it's just this fun play and it creates what's called banter but mm-hmm. but kids who take shit too seriously and adults who take shit too seriously have no they have no banter they have yeah, no yeah. ability to like jive and move and and adapt and go with it right and and what you become is a boring sparring partner and you got to think about it in in friendship and dating it's all the same shit it's really just kind of a bit of a boxing match or a bit of a sparring match it's a bit of a you know, you, you kind of go like, Hey, you know, I want you to do this for me. And the person might go, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Or the person might go, go do it yourself. You know, what do you know? Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a play all the time and people who are like super accommodators that take everything serious all the time, as an example, they get walked on because they're always like, all like, they're always trying to do everything. And like, when you start kind of jabbing back a little bit and going, nah, do it yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you know, whatever you kind of, and you might do it wrong. You might do it poorly in the beginning. You might suck at it. 
But the thing is, is you start playing, people respect that. And they go, oh, I can't just walk over this person. I can't just push and tell them what to do. And I can't, I can't just say something and it just gets to them. Like all of a sudden, like, like my shit, the buttons I'm trying to press, they don't work. Mm -hmm. And that makes the person have to look for new buttons and they get creative. And then that creates an engaging relationship. And by the way, we're always trying to push each other's buttons. And we don't even mean to do it. Like we're not manipulative people necessarily. Some are, but most of us are just trying to kind of connect. And we're going like, if I do this, you like it? Okay, I'll do more of that. Or I do this, you don't like it. Maybe I do more of it just because I like your reaction. Or maybe Mm -hmm. I do less of it because I don't want that reaction, right? But we are always responding and jiving and kind of, you know, working with each other. Yeah. I mean, comedy is a place that we, that we play, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, especially as you become an adult and, and you do less sort of, you know, play like you would as a kid, like comedy is one of those places where you play, you know, with, with wit and jokes and, and humor. And, you know, it's not really a surprise that, that people who, you know, like if you look at like dating sites and stuff like that or what people are looking for it's like people like so often it's like i i want a person with a sense of humor yeah right a person with a sense of humor because a person who can't take a joke is just insufferable to be around right and oh there was something else um there's some oh yeah you know because you're talking about the the bullies like kind of a thing and you know it's 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 in some ways it's hard to because you know sometimes people just aren't equipped no, with that, I mean, you, that's, know, you didn't, and you, you didn't kids, have, I mean, that's the hardest yeah, and part, kids, right? It's, it's really tough, but yeah, you know, it's, you do certainly you hear, cause like I, I, you know, I was dealt with a lot of bullying in my, my childhood as well. And, and, you know, some of it was like, yeah, like I, I didn't, I think I was in some, in, in some ways, in some situations, I was just. I was too scared to deploy the tactic of, of humor. But what's interesting is that because I was in acting and because, you know, for, I was for a very long time, I was like the shortest kid, you know, I was a short skinny kid who looked like he was two grades below everyone else that I was in class with, you know, which made me an easy target target for, for bullying. But Um, it also, it also, because I, I couldn't physically really, you know, dominate a situation, you know, humor was, was something that was in my, my repertoire and, and usually through acting. And it was funny that sometimes I had situations where there were, you know, kids I went to school with who, you know, like they, like they didn't necessarily like bully me and what you think of like, Oh yeah. Like they would come and find me and, you know, not, not literally, but you know, like metaphorically toss me into lockers and stuff. But you know, kids who were just, you know, like they just, they just were just kind of shitty to me, yeah you know, because I was an easy target or whatever it was. And then they somehow like they went to like a, the showcase that like the, the, school put on for like the drama or they were in the drama class and they would see me do theater sports they would see me doing stuff where I would excel and I did I used to do just funny stuff all the time and I make people laugh like I I like just I would I would do scenes and, and stuff like that that would just have everybody absolutely roaring right 
And interestingly enough, a lot of that shitty behavior just like disappeared from some of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause they'd be like, well, that was pretty funny. You know, yeah. like, it's just like, cause it's like, there's something about humor and comedy. I remember one of our, our old acting teachers used to say, it's like, make the audience laugh and it, and it, and it, it helps them to get pulled into your situation mm. because they, they, they like you, right? Because you made them laugh. You gave them that, right? Mm-hmm. And it, I think it, it's, it's, that's absolutely true. And in a very real life situation for me, like it, it actually improved the, the quality of my life because humor got people to see me as human or I gave them something right? I gave them something funny and, and that humanized me to them or something, whatever it was, it, it flicked a switch for somebody who was kind of shitty to me to suddenly they're like, Oh, I kind of like this kid. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's, and you hear stories of, of so many comedians who came from that. Like they were, they were bullied and they were picked on, but in the middle of being bullied and picked on, they're just cracking jokes. Yeah. Right. Well, that's so, a, it's a common thing that, you know, people who, who get bullied, um, they tend to end up being the funniest people because comedy is like one of those things that it can save you from a, from a dark situation. And that's why it is so important. And like, there are shitty people out there. There are really toxic, bad, uh, you know, malicious people out there who that, you know, maybe something is messed up with their, with their brain. Maybe something's messed up with their childhood and, and their family. And they come from some, some places, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a story behind everything. The, the, the thing is, is like, we need to learn how to, how to navigate a world where it's not always going to be easy and comfortable. And comedy is a great solution for a lot of the problems that we face. And, you know, and I think when we, when we think, when we think in comedy in terms of we can't take any risks and we always have to kind of keep everybody happy. And it's not really about that. It's about seeing what's ridiculous about this, seeing what's silly about this, Mm -hmm. seeing what, seeing what the, the, the kind of the opportunity is. I had this friend uh, I grew up with and, and, you know, he, he was a funny kid and his name was Ryan. And, you know, he started this thing and it, it fucking like, it was such a silly, stupid, immature little thing, but it was hilarious. And it really fucking, you know, I just remember him being like, you know what? I like, I can go bust a loaf, which was like, take a shit. Right. But he's like, I'm going to go bust. And it was just like a funny way to say it. And it caught on and people like, you know, just kind of were like, yeah, bust a loaf. Right. And like, (laughs) it's just like, it's like, you don't, first of all, you don't talk about taking a shit. Like that's inappropriate. It's rude. Yep. It's, you know, you shouldn't do it. You know what yeah, I mean? Things kind of you're thing. not supposed but to say. He took it and he made it something that you could just own. And what ended up happening was at least in, 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 you know, my, my era of, of youth, it was like, uh, the, that type of potty humor became something where you didn't have to be embarrassed about. You could literally be in a group and you could be like, I'm going to bust a loaf and everyone would fucking chuckle and you can leave. And it wasn't like it was, you might even just be taking a piss. You might not even be doing that, but you'd mm-hmm. almost want to make it sound worse than it was because it would be funnier. And one time I like, and, and tribute to Ryan, but one time I was sitting around a campfire and we were at camp that summer 
And uh, I told a story about how, like, how being at camp, because they were giving us all this, like, really, like, uh, I don't know, like a lot of fiber and proteins and shit, but it was like making everybody like just take a dump. And I told a story for like, must have been 20 minutes about busting loaves at the camp. And everyone at camp just thought it was hilarious, right? And I was like, I tribute Ryan about, but we just brought it in and it kind of, it got brought into our group. And it's just, it's such a silly, it's potty humor. It's silly, mm-hmm. right? But the thing is, is that you make the unspeakable speakable. You know, I think that's such a big part of what comedy is, you know, and, um, you know, like, uh, oh man, like I could go on and on. There's like anything that you're embarrassed to talk about, anything that you're just like, oh, I can't talk about that. You know, I'm just, it's just so whatever. Try to find what's funny about it and recognize like, look, you know, there's such silly things. Like everybody takes a dump. (laughs) Everybody does. But most people like most people would be pretty embarrassed if you walked into them taking a dump, right? But the thing is, is like, what if you could take these things that you're embarrassed about and and make them a little bit more like easy, like a little bit like, you know, I'm not saying that you should go and like just pull your pants down in front of everybody, but I'm saying like you don't have to be so serious and feel so uptight about these these things, you know, because comedy in a way. Like we can all laugh at it. And if you don't take it too seriously, if you find it funny, we can all find it funny. And then it, it actually puts everyone at ease. That's mm-hmm. the other thing too, right? Um, You know, but I think one of the things that a lot of, uh, just to kind of lead off your point, one of the things that sometimes the kids who don't like say mature as quickly, especially as guys who aren't physically as big right away, they become highly valued in the group. And and there's actually a, a class system for, they call it the Omega, the Omega male, which is the, the one who comes in. He's not like, he's not like running the show. He's not the guy like, who's like the star athlete or the football captain, you know, or any of that shit, but he makes everybody laugh and he kind of becomes that role. And the Omega, um, and I'm, sh- I'm sure it can work to some degree with women too, but the Omega in some ways can become the pack leader because they're so fucking funny. Everybody ends up like listening to them and looking to them. And they're the smallest person in the group from mm-hmm. a guy's perspective. That's pretty important early on because physicality is such a big part of our lives. But like the small guy can become a leader because everybody like everybody kind of sees him as the guy that lightens the mood, that makes everything funny, that brings a good time. And I've seen it happen where I've seen like, the the guy who's the phys- the brawn and the muscle and kind of seems like he's confident kind of actually you know not be as looked at as the guy who's funny because the guy who's funny is just so engaging and you know it doesn't you don't have to be small or or low in stature or whatever to be funny but the point is is that that's how powerful humor is it equalizes it takes a small guy who doesn't necessarily match up to the big guy and it and it and it brings them to the same level and it's powerful right and i think you know we're talking about bullying and bullying bullying's not great i mean like i don't like i don't want people to get bullied i don't want people to be hurt i, I like i don't I don't like thinking of people struggling and in pain mm-hmm. and being scared i don't like that but you know the thing is is no matter how much we try to stop bullying bullying will always exist it's just a reality of this world so what we need to do is we need to prepare people for a world to deal with bullying, not stop bullying. Like 
bullying stops when people stop being so sensitive to bullying, when people learn how to navigate bullying. Like bullies, here's the thing too, Evan, I know you're thinking right now. I got bullied a lot. Here's what I learned about bullies. Bullies are generally very weak people. They're very hurt people. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're a sound, strong person, you don't go and bully people. You just don't do it because you're yeah. you're together, you're collected, you know, and you know, you've you've figured it out. So I don't know if you have anything mm-hmm. to say on that, but yeah, no, it's just like it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't make it right. And and actually there was something that you had said. Um there was something that you had said earlier, just in terms of, you know, your own experience with it, with, with bullying. And I think one of the things, you know, you're saying like of the things that it taught you, you know, the things that it gave you. And cause like, again, like I, I, I don't really recommend it. And it's like, and, and, you know, I, I do agree with you. It's like, is, is there ever going to be a, a point where, you know, in, in humankind where there's, zero bullying where bullying becomes zero in the world probably not you know probably not like can we probably reduce bullying in our in our culture probably Mm -hmm. to make it zero is probably not realistic and so yeah it's in many ways learning about how we how do we respond and how do we prepare well, kids and and pe- kids coming to adults too. Let me say one thing to... about this though, Evan, because you're talking about yeah, bring like bringing bullying to zero, right? Part of the problem is is that when you get rid of the the really bad bullying, you get to this like lower tier bullying, then that becomes the bad bullying over mm-hmm. enough time, and then you're trying to get rid of that, and you know what happens is basically like like you can't even tease anybody anymore because that might offend them and it might, right. you know, you know, and so you can't get rid of it because basically part of the problem is people just become more and more sensitive and more and more yeah. serious about every little thing. So, you know, we have, I'm not saying that we should have people physically harming each other, threatening each other and doing like really bad bullying. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm, that That's horrible. Like that. I don't want that to exist, but at the same time, we can't be so precious that people can't even tease each other, mm-hmm. you know, because teasing is a, is a really important part of banter and important part of play and important part of humor. And yeah. if people can't even take a joke anymore, you know, then we, yeah, we, I mean, look, yeah, like we, we go down that road where it's just a world too full of people who are too serious and it's, that's just terrible. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, you know, the, the only thing I was going to say to that was essentially like, in terms of the things that it can teach you is, you know, there's people who, you know, they've never bullied anybody. They've never experienced bullying for themselves. Right. And so it's just an idea to them. And in a way you become somewhat susceptible to at some point in your life, becoming a bully. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, you, yeah, like it, you, you can become susceptible to that happening to you in some in some form. Whereas somebody who's actually been bullied knows why you don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you genuinely know you. there's a wisdom. It's like, no, there's a reason why you, you treat people in a certain way and you talk to people in a certain way, right? And 
and you come in with good intentions and you respect people. Even if you're, even if you're, if you know, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're taking some fun shots at a person, right? Like you, you know where it's coming from. Mm. Right. And, and that difference, because that, I think that's, a, that, I think that's one of the things with, with comedy for people to ask themselves is like, is this person trying to just be malicious, mm-hmm. you know? And that's where I, I, you know, with a lot of the comedians who've, who've been called out for some of their jokes over the last number of years, I just go, it's like, this is not a person being malicious. They're making jokes. Like they're making jokes. They're trying to poke fun. They're trying to make light of a situation. And some people don't think that, you know, that there are certain people who shouldn't, that this should not be allowed for. And the comedians in return respond to, it's like, no, everybody, everybody is when when it comes to being a comedian everybody is fair game yeah right and there's a difference you can tell the difference like i've heard comedians who have just been malicious and it's dark and it's yeah, ugly it gets dark yeah it's it, it, like there's a you can f- like you feel it it's like a it's like a this energy just descends into the room and you're like you're like no that's just hateful mm-hmm. right and that does exist but i think that to a large degree it's just like these people aren't hateful people they're making jokes Right. And they're making jokes about this because it's a hot button issue. Right. Yeah. Because it's one of the things you are absolutely not supposed to say. You're absolutely not supposed to talk about. So what does the comedian do? They talk about it and they keep talking about it and keep talking yeah. about it because. Yeah. And the more the you don't want them to, to talk about it, the more they should talk about it because that's that, you know, that's, that's the game. Right. Is like, yeah. And the more and they I will. mean, um, well, you know, look, we, we've had a, we've had a, a good chat here and I, I wanted to get into movies a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking maybe we wrap it up, but like how this plays into movies, I think the thing is, is like, if you want to, you know, if you want to make a better movie, if, if you've been hanging on in this conversation for that, I would say, start talking about the things that people don't want to talk about and, and, and try to find the fun in that, you know, try to find the play in that. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, that's where you're going to find, you know, that's where you're going to find real humor. That's where you're going to get those real belly laughs and stuff. And not all not all your humor needs to be, this is something I learned about humor several years ago. And this was a really important uh, lesson. It helped me out tremendously. Most comedians, they find one thing that's funny. It's like a thread and then they build around that idea. So Mm -hmm. you don't need to like look for a thousand things to be funny. You usually just need one thing and you crack it open in one way. And then all the funny comes in around that. I was watching, uh, you know, little bits from, from, uh, I think it's a banger. I think it's a hilarious movie. And I'm sure a lot of people agree with me. Step brothers (laughs) with, um, you know, Will Ferrell. Anyway, um, they're great. And it's a, it's a great comedy. There's so many funny things, but like, if you watch the bloopers, you can see them playing with ideas and trying things out and flirting with this and flirting with that. And sometimes like they'll say stuff that isn't even, it's just the way they say it, you know, that's kind of funny. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you tap into a sense of humor, when you get on a thread, so the thread of, I would say of stepbrothers, if I can just finish this thought is that it's two like 40 something year old guys that still live with their parents and their parents are basically getting remarried 
and they have to like be stepbrothers, but they're 40 year olds and they're acting like they're like 10 year olds. And it's, that's the funny thread. It's just yeah, like, yeah. you know, these guys don't have their lives together and, and, you know, and you could probably say there's a few other threads in this whole mix of, of that. But then from there, we have the basis of this movie and then they start playing on like inappropriate things. And, and sometimes it's just, and, and it just grows and evolves into something great. So you know, Dumb and Dumber, another it. Two idiots who are going to go on a road trip to, like, you know, find this girl. And, like, you know, and then everything plays upon the idea, right? And um, anyway, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'll say. And uh, before we share a beer, I want to share one other thing. I, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that everything comes down to love and humor. Ultimately, those are the two things that we as artists should build in their life. And I believe also people should build in their life. If you ever need to get emotional as an actor, don't think about some sad thing that happened to you. That's not really going to work. That in my experience, that, that always deceived me. I was like, Oh yeah, think of a sad moment and like, then get emotional and like never fucking worked. It always let me down and every once in a while it would. And I thought maybe it was it, but it never was. What I found was it was the love. If I could tap into how I love, that person or had love for that person or whatever, then the emotions would all of a sudden fill in. So, you know, if you're thinking about somebody who passed away, for example, don't think about them dying and like, Oh, like it died. That was so hard. Think about all the loving memories you projected into the future that you guys never got to have together. Think about all those past loving moments that you had that you'll never have again. That's what's going to make you sad. Not the actual dark moment. And a lot of, I find a lot of uh, actors, they get caught up in this. Oh, I need to get emotional. I need to think of this hard moment. It's like, no, it's it, the moment actually has very little to do with it. It's the life around that moment. It's the love around that moment. So if you fill out the love in your life, here's another thing. You'll be talking to someone. And if you fill the love out with them, you'll start to see that, hey, you know what? This might be the last conversation I ever have with them in my entire life. And just think about how you'll treat that person if you if you if you knew it was the last conversation. Think about how they'd feel if you if you communicated to them like everything they said might be the last thing you ever heard them say to you. They would probably engage with you so much more. That's what that's that's what I'm trying to point out here is like love and humor, they are they are master keys to your success and rich life. And uh man, I mean this conversation's huge. I mean, we can go into so many things, but that's what I want to say. And then mm-hmm. I thought, I don't know if you have yeah. anything else to say, but we could share a beer and yeah, wrap let's it do up. A beer and I, I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I've, I've got uh, something that I wanted to okay to to get into that I guess will become part of my closing comments, which is definitely not what I thought of being as part of my closing comments. So in case I forget, it has to do with preppers. So, but here we go. Preppers, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's your beer? What's your beer? Let's let's get that I, out of the way. I am drinking. The Yarrow Hefeweizen. Okay. From, uh, where is this? This is from Foamer's Folly Brewing Company. And they're in, in Pitt Meadows, British Columbia. And uh, yeah, Yarrow, Yarrow Hef. And I'm pretty sure Yarrow, that's a, that's like a small little little town just outside of Chilliwack, BC. Hmm. Right by Cultus Lake, which I've spent many... I spent many a day at a summer day <laughs> in that region in my in my past. So, and it's been great. I feel like I haven't had like any half of Ison's all summer, and 
So it's nice having this one and uh, it's tasty. It's really nice. good. Well, I'm having a, a beer from Fuggles, which is on Horseshoe Way in Richmond. Um, Fuggles and Warlock. Yeah, I think so. Right? Although they didn't put the Fuggles Warlock, Warlock? here. I, well, I thought Are they so. just Fuggles now? But it's like Fuggles Forest, it says. <laughs> oh. Welcome. No, maybe that's just the can. I don't know, but it's definitely Fuggles. It just says Fuggles now. <laughs> anyway, this beer is um called Mach 5, and it's a mango wheat beer. Wit beer. And uh, yeah, it's actually really, really tasty. I, I didn't expect, like, I wasn't sure what to expect. I was like, that sounds pretty good, um, but maybe it's going to suck. But it's actually pretty good. It's um quite tasty. And I like a good beer. And uh, I, 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 you know, if it's just kind of just the right sweetness and just the right kind of, you know, nice, it's a nice summer wheat beer. So I definitely recommend it. I'm been super happy with it. Um, yeah, try it out. It's called the Mach 5 Mango Wheat uh, from Fuggles. Nice. Anyway, um, yeah, so go ahead. Uh, wrap up your thoughts, my yeah. man. Tell me. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a thought that that, that uh, I think I had intended on on sharing earlier in, in our conversation, but it's going to happen now. I would just earlier today, I was in the car, I was with my wife and just something about what you're saying about like, you know, this, the whole part of like taking things so seriously. And I thought, you know, like I, the other day I was in, I, I was like, I was in the, just buying some groceries and in the magazine rack at the aisle, there was a preppers magazine which I was just like, preppers? There's a magazine for preppers? I mean, of course there is. But I just thought, and if someone's out there as a prepper, well, I'm 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 about to <laughs> say some things. <laughs> you know, and it's like, here's the thing. It's like, there's a part of me which totally gets it, but there's another part of me that just goes like, that I was like, what an absolute waste of a life <laughs> to spend your life prepping to survive, to just make it through some horrible global catastrophe because you spent your whole life, you're spending your whole life in anticipation and in some ways of fear of something that may or may not happen despite how sure you think you are to what, so that you can survive in this, in whatever shithole is left over. I was just like, man, that's brutal. <laughs> like, like I was just like, what's, what's the point of that? You know, like, and, and it's, and it's the thing of like, you know, what are the things that we live for? Right. Like it's like, and to me it's, it's, and this comes back to, you know, some of my own, some thinking that was introduced to me from again, Mr. Alan Watts. But if life is just about survival, then essentially like, then what's the point? Right. If life is just about going on and carrying on with this, you know, that's that whole taking things seriously mentality, or it's just like everything becomes a drag because it's just about, we must carry on, we must go on. And it's like, but that cuts us off from some of the best things in life, you know, which are completely superfluous in so many ways, you know, and, and Comedy is kind of one of those things, you know, which is like, do we, do we need 
comedy to survive? I mean, philosophically, I would make the argument, yes. But like in terms of actual, like, what does a human being need to live? You know, it's like, it's not comedy. You know, you need food, shelter, clothing, right? Those are the things that you actually need. But if that's all it is, then it's like, then, then the, like, I, I just don't think that that's the point of this game of life that we're, that we're involved with. Comedy is a huge part of it. Laughter. And as you're saying, love, like there's these things that, that life is actually about for us. And, um, so yeah, man, I hope that, uh, the last words, I guess I'll just say are, are, I hope, I hope that the movie industry gets shit together and Mm. starts churning out some good comedies let some real funny people just fucking do yeah. what they do. Uh, and don't be so afraid of offending people. You want people to be offended. You want a certain, so <laughs> you want a certain percentage of people to be offended by what you're doing. Look at something like, I mean, Tropic Thunder is probably one of the most, you know, one of the last, one of the last gasps of great, comedy movies that that we've seen i mean holy shit is there things for people to be offended about in that movie mm-hmm. you got robert downey doing blackface and you've got freaking and you've got freaking ben stiller like doing what he does with simple jack yeah like <laughs> my god nice like, mindful of your words <laughs> so <laughs> So, I mean, but I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's so amazing. So, uh, I hope those things come back and, uh, you know, comedy is all about the things that you're not supposed to say. Well, you like, I agree with that. I, I, you know, and I do think, you know, eventually it will, because I think I just believe in the human spirit. I think eventually we, we get sick of, we get sick of playing it safe. It gets boring and life starts to suck. And I don't think that people are going to do it forever. So, those people who are trying to, you know, live in their world of safe and no sense of humor and they're, you know, they won't last. The the funny people begin to come out. People begin to laugh. Narcissists hate funny people too. You know, the, the people who are self-involved, they can't handle it. And when you start, if you're around any narcissists, the moment you can start laughing, the moment you can start having a sense of humor, you will you will begin to shed yourself of their grasp on you when you can start to find funny in all the things because um, they're too serious. They're too self-involved and that's part of their problem. Um, As far as the prepper thing goes, I just want to say one thing. So I agree with you to a degree because like I I kind of, you know, like there's certain elements of the prepping world that I, I, kind of connect with. And I'm like, yeah, man, fuck, you don't know where the world's going. You know what's going on. But yeah, it does. It starts to get down a rabbit hole to a point where it starts to become toxic and too negative and it's not good. And um, it's like, you, wait, you know, if, if, sorry to interrupt, but it's like, it's like, if that's what you've made your life about, you yeah. know, essentially it's like there's, there's being prepared for a disaster. Like, you know, have an earthquake kit. If you live on the West coast, you know, it's like, that's, yeah. that's a good thing to be prepared for. But like, I'm talking about like the, the hardcore, to, well, I mean, to, I mean, just to be clear, Evan, how hardcore, how hardcore are we talking? Cause there's hardcore and then there's hard, hardcore, you know, it gets pretty extreme. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is like, um, I think there's a certain amount of, here's the thing for the preppers, from what I understand about the psychology of it is like, 
there's a certain amount of if if you need to protect yourself, if you need to be self-sustaining and people start abusing power, then it's good to be set up to some degree so that you can, you know, that so that you can essentially stand up to the bully because their their tyranny is real, you know, and and we live in Western culture and we, you know, a lot of people are under illusion that, oh yeah, we figured all that shit out. Tyranny will never happen again. Uh, wrong. Tyranny can happen at any point, at any time, and 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 it usually happens to people that take their guard down. So the people who are preppers, you know, there's a certain part of that mentality which is like, look, they're the ones that are saying, hey, wait a minute, guys, let's not get too comfortable. Some people are getting a lot of power here. Let's let's kind of keep them in check and let's not just give them everything and let them decide our lives. You know, let's. Let's retain a certain amount of freedom or, you know, a, a certain amount of self-sufficiency, you know. Um, but, you know, there becomes a point where if your life becomes all about that and you're not living your life, because I've seen this with people and, I, you know, I have, I have some good friends that are like this. And it's like, yeah, but like, look, I mean, you're getting prepared and you're spending every dollar on this stuff. Sure. OK, but like have a little fun right now, you know, like 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 life's happening now. And don't forget about this moment because, you know, like. You know, and 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 I do. I've seen the negative effects that it can have on people because it actually starts to get them kind of depressed and it gets them down and they get too serious. Um, you know, so it's a balance. I don't think you should be careless. I don't think you should just be like, oh, whatever happens, happens. I think there's a certain amount of, you know, plan for a rainy day to some degree. And some people are going to plan for more. But on the prepper thing, I just there's one other thing I got to say. Some people find great purpose in prepping. And that gives them a certain sense of like vibrancy in their life. If that's mm. you, then yeah, like it's your hobby in a way. It's it's your passion. Great. If it's giving you vibrance, then by all means, I think in, engage in it, indulge in it. That's fine. But if you're suffering about it, like, oh my God, the world's going to end, the world's going to end, the world's going to end, and you're just constantly in anxiety and stress, then maybe it's not a healthy uh, endeavor for you. And you need to take, you need to pump the brakes a little bit because you know, you go down this road of prepping, you know, and you eventually you're like, you can't be prepared for everything. You just can't. And that's, you know, that leads me back to my other thing. Artistry is, is like that. And humor, we're often not prepared for. And that's the thing. We're trying to make a world where we can prepare for the humor that's about to come. And it's like, no, <laughs> when it's funny, you're not going to be prepared for it. That's why it's so fucking funny. So, um, you know, so take the kid gloves off in life learn to take a punch, um, learn to roll with the punches, learn to, you know, learn to spar a little bit. And that's comedy, man. That's, that's fun. And don't think, and this is where the love comes in. Don't think that you're going to see the person that you love the most in the world tomorrow. Don't ever think that. Don't that that's lazy, you know? So start appreciating people and, and, you know, and start, start, start looking at things like like every moment is the last one you might ever have and you know what when when someone cracks something funny embrace in it you know it's it's glorious we found something humorous in the moment and you know and that's a good thing and and so i say like you know play have fun love play have fun that, that's the best thing i could say moving on from this and if i was to give myself any advice which i always like to send off everybody else but i would send myself off today and i'd say brandon play have more fun love
Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.